0: hey what's up you guys this is your girl tammy roman now some of you may know me from a show called basketball wives and others of you know me from instagram official bonnet chronicles i'm sliding through to tell you about my new venture the bonnet chronicles podcast the bonnet chronicles podcast get into it i plan on talking about love and relationships hot topics and every now and again i'll throw in a little bs just to keep it fun and i hope you check in every week to hear what's happening with me and reggie it's the bonnet chronicles podcast Be sure to rate and review this podcast if you like it, and follow me on Instagram at ShallonXO, and find me on YouTube for four new videos a week. All right, let's shake off the week. Let's relax. Let's roll our shoulders back. Let's take a deep breath in through the nose, and hold it, and out through the mouth. One more time, and this time, we're going to repeat this week's mantra. Everything is right on schedule. So one more time, in through the nose. Everything is right on schedule and exhale. So why is that our mantra this week? Well, I know that we're all sort of nearing what we hope, what we think, what we pray is kind of the end of quarantine. And it's easy for us to get really twisted in the thought of, oh my God, I've lost so much time. Oh my God. What have I done with the last three months? Wait a minute. I'm not coming out of this with six pack abs and a killer banana bread recipe. I've just barely kept things together. Or it's, I don't know how to go into the future. What's everything going to look like? Or maybe if you're not at the end of this thing. I mean, I'm in New York right now and we're on lockdown here for at least another month. Like it is, we are not opening back up. It is not business as usual. And so then that's its whole other ball of wax and ball of insanity where you're like, how long is this going to go on? One of my friends just said to me, he's like, I feel like my future is flatlining. There's nothing to look forward to. I can't plan anything and I can't escape. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere, like, unless I uproot my entire life and move out of my apartment, I can't. This is just the way it is. So we're all there. And I felt like this before at different times in my life. And I'm sure you guys have too. And that's why this whole quarantine is so... Maddening is because it pings up other things that we felt. Feeling trapped. I felt trapped when I was a kid a lot. I'm sure most of you guys did too. We were trapped. We didn't couldn't get in a car and drive away. We were stuck in whatever circumstance we were born into. Or feeling hopeless and helpless. I have nothing to look forward to. I felt like that as a kid also. And so this is that, but on such a grand scale, right? But it's important to go back to the motto that I keep for myself. Everything is right on schedule. Everything is right on schedule. Everything is unfolding the way that it should. And we can't know what that is. How are we supposed to know, right? When you're in the middle of a storm, like a satellite can say, all right, it's moving west. It'll be gone in a day. We're just in the middle of it. We don't know. Is it going? Is it staying? Is this just the beginning? So we're kind of in an emotional storm period right now. And that's difficult and that's frustrating. But again, I believe things are on schedule. When I look back at my life and I'm like, oh, I just, I, why can't I write a book at 21? Because I wasn't emotionally ready to write a book at 21. Why can't I just find the love of my life at 24? Well, I wasn't ready for him. I wouldn't have known what to do with that boy. Things arrive when they are meant to. So it's important to keep that in mind as we stick it out through this quarantine that like you're not, you're not missing out on everything. What's meant for you is never going to miss you. Don't tell yourself, man, if I'd been out and dating these last three months, who knows, I probably would have met the love of my life. But no, I've been inside for no reason. And now I'm going to come out of this lonely and now I'm set back from my goals three extra months and now I'm going to graduate three months later. I know. I know. It's easy to think that. But everything is right on schedule and you don't know it when you're in it. So let's get to the first question. Cause this relates to the quarantine. She said, my roommate and I are really good friends and we hang out a lot and he's really been there for me. And since the quarantine, he's been very strict with following the stay at home orders. And my boyfriend and I have been dating for about nine months and he also has roommates and he's been really supportive of whatever I need to do to feel secure doing all of this, which is great. And that includes peace at home. But we want to see each other. I don't want to lie to my roommate, but I really want to spend some time with my boyfriend at some point in the nearish future. Am I being selfish? Or is there something else I can do? Ugh. yes, I know. I think at this point we're all in like the loophole stage. It's like, well, I think I should. Well, I mean, you know, it's really easy. And you know what? I'm not saying that your loopholes are not valid. (laughs) Like a lot of them are. A lot of them are like, you know, I get it. It's like, hey, if you live out in a farm, you know, I get why you're like, why should I have the same lockdown situation as people in New York City? Totally get that. But. I also get that it's really hard being separated from your loved ones during this, and I think we all have that idea. Like I said, the loopholes, but maybe, but I do have to agree with your roommate. If you see your boyfriend, you're therefore seeing everyone that he has seen, like his roommates, and then everyone they have all been seeing and so on. So then the quarantine doesn't really mean much. If you weren't seeing your boyfriend and really sticking to the rules, but your roommate had someone over, I mean, you'd be pissed, right? That's the thing with loopholes. They really piss off everyone else who isn't diving through that loophole. And as they should. Like, we get it. It's really frustrating because honestly, like, there just isn't a good solution. Like, I get it, girl. You want to see your boyfriend. You want to get laid. You've been quarantined. You probably don't have it. You're probably not a tracer. But. It's like there's just no good solution right now. And no matter what, we're losing something, right? We're either losing something for ourselves, seeing our friends, making money, whatever that is, or we're maybe losing something for society. But a quote that's helped me during this quarantine, like a lot that I go back to, it's from Winston Churchill. We must abandon the word reward and return to the word duty. We must abandon the word reward and return to the word duty duty. It reminds me to dig deep and remember that I don't get to do exactly what I want 24-7. I just don't. Life is about discipline and knowing when to put yourself first, but then knowing when to put others and the common good first. And it sucks. It sucks so bad. But I think previous generations were more practiced at this. You know, they had wars. They had depressions and the Dust Bowl and the great famines and stuff. And we have been really lucky that up until now. We've never really had to dig deep for the common good, but we do now, and it sucks. But remember, like I keep saying, this is a season. Every season changes, and in every season there is something good, and it's our life's work to find the good side of a season. And maybe that's you and your boyfriend have more deep talks, or you work on yourselves as individuals and become more interesting so that you have a deeper connection when it's all over. You know what I'm going to say. We can't change that this is happening, but we can change what it means because it's not going to last forever. So let's work on coming out of it better and not bitter and not annihilating our relationship with our roommates. And I feel like we've been talking about family, especially family in quarantine a lot over the last few weeks on the podcast, because, I mean, y'all are going through it, right? I get it. We all are. Like, even if we have the most incredible relationship with our parents, we're not meant to be cooped up with them 24 hours a day. I always go back to the animal kingdom. There's very few animals that do that. Only whales. Whales are better than all of us. We know this, but we're not supposed to be adults or somewhere in the realm of adults, even if we're just teenagers, like most teenagers don't really want to spend all day, every day with their parents. We know this. So we're all dealing with a lot and it's really just important we give ourselves some slack. That we don't have to be the perfect child. We don't have to be the perfect daughter or sister or even parent. We just kind of need to survive and do the best we can. It's about progress, not perfection. So here is a question from Maria. She said, I'm 20 years old, and I live at home, and I don't have the financial means to move out. I also don't have any siblings. In October, my parents decided to separate, and they're now working through their divorce. They still live together, though, but have not spoken a single word to each other, even through us all being on lockdown. Dad has said some really horrible things to me over the year. The years, excuse me. And mom has just been sad. I want to talk to dad about how this is affecting me. He's the problem, but I'm scared it's just going to get worse. It's like a deafening silence. How do I deal with two parents who aren't speaking? Oh, my God. This like sends a chill up my spine. It's I mean, psychologists say that like icing someone out and not speaking to them really is a form of abuse. It is terrorizing. I think it should be outlawed by the Geneva Convention. It's awful. Parent tension, like it's agony. I can tell by the way my mom opens a door. Opens a door. If I'm in my room with my door shut, I can tell the way she opens her door what mood she's in. And especially as only children, we're very, very attuned to that. You know, maybe all kids are. I don't, I don't assume you guys are. But with only children, it's like there's nowhere else to run. And I remember, I remember being four years old. And getting in like some squabble with my mom about like Play-Doh or some, you know, whatever my bad day as a four-year-old entailed. And she was, you know, she came down on me like a hammer. She was a, she's a good parent. She didn't take a lot of crap from a raging child, nor should she. And I remember looking at myself in the mirror and thinking, Shallon, you better get along with this woman because she's not going anywhere. And it's just you guys. There's probably not going to be siblings. I don't even think I knew what siblings were. But I was like, "This, it's you and me, kid. We got to make this work. And that has been the vibe. Like, I have really tried to create, like, an atmosphere of collaboration. It's not always easy. But she, she's done the same thing, too. So look, as an only child, I get it. We're We experience very different things. But one thing I've learned is that everyone deals with and processes things in their own way. And silence might work for them. It might be a welcome relief after probably years of fighting and because by the time people decide to divorce, they don't decide that like after a week of unhappiness, it is literally years. So you might not have seen everything that went on behind the scenes, right? So this silence could work for them, although it doesn't sound like it's working for your mom. You might not be able to change your dad, but you can be there for your mom. So be her shoulder, lend an ear. That way, she's going to feel heard and listened to, if not by her husband, but by you, and that's going to lift her mood. It's always uncomfortable when we, as children, have to play almost a parent role. We have to be there for our, for our parents, you know, and we have to take care of dad and listen to mom, and it's it seems very unnatural, and it's just like, oh, like I, it's it's a very icky, vulnerable feeling, and you just think, oh my god, no one else's family has to go through this. Like Kristen's dad is like this. Oh, he would never. She would never have to be there for him. But no, that is the way it goes. That, you know, we talk about nature. This is the natural order of human life. Like, parents take care of us and then we take care of them. We take care of our elders. And it's really scary when that switch flips. And maybe it flips because someone has a heart attack and you're physically taking care of them. But maybe it flips because you see your mom just break down and cry because her boss is being mean to her and she's having a very human problem. Or there's a breakup she's going through. At the end of the day, She's your mom, but she's also a human being. And so is your dad. And this is a shitty breakup for them. It's a shitty breakup. And we assume that parents have this like incredible emotional toolbox to deal with things we've never even thought about. And some of them do, you know, some of, like Dr. Phil does. <laughs> but some people don't. They are operating with the same toolbox we have. They're just older. You know, they don't have those tools. They Or the ones they have. They're kind of finite, you know, they don't they don't get better or it's just like, hey, this is just sucking. It doesn't matter what tools I have. This is just going to suck. This is a divorce. It's my this is these people were all they knew of one another. You know, this is all they knew of life is each other. Like he was her teammate, she was his teammate. And now that team's breaking up and that's really, really, really tough. So I think it's going to help to kind of see things not through the lens of I'm the daughter, these are my parents, but I'm a person and they are people as well. And these are two people going through a breakup. And what can I do here? So what would you do with a friend? Like I said, you'd lend an ear. You'd be that shoulder and that's going to lift her mood. She's going to be sad though, you know, and you don't need to rescue her from that. This is a trap I fall into all the time. Maybe it's because I'm an only child. I don't know, but I'm i am a rescuer. I'm a fixer. I mean, look what I do for a living, you know? And it's created a lot of very codependent relationships. Not feel good. It's really hard for me to see my friends, my family, my boyfriends or whatever struggling. I'm like, just listen to me. Let me fix it. But you can't. And I remember I had a therapist. Tell me this. She's like, stop trying to rescue your boyfriend. Stop trying to rescue him from his sadness. Okay. You're just gonna have to gut it out and watch someone be upset. And it was agony. Like it was awful. It was it was like watching a wounded animal. But it's part of the process. Their process, you know? So let her feel it. Nothing is harder than when you're upset and someone says, Cheer up, don't it's okay. Right? Is that not just like the most Uh, I mean, talk about murderous anger. Like, if you want to inspire that the quickest in me, say that, by all means. But also, like, while you can't save her, talking with her, well, it's going to make her feel better and heard and understood, but it's also going to allow you to express your feelings as well and work through it, or at least get some more understanding about why they're behaving this way, or at least what the plan is going forward. I mean, is there a plan to move out, to split the house? Because then you can start to compartmentalize. You can say, okay, if this is going to be six more weeks, I can gut it out for six weeks. I'm a big fan of like my thought process. And I always default to this when I'm working out. It's like, I can do anything for two minutes. I can do anything for 30 minutes. You can waterboard me for 15 minutes. I'll be okay. I'll survive. But it's like, I have to get my head around how long it's actually going to be. I can sit on a plane for 10 hours. I can do anything for 10 hours, you know? And then you can start to make your own emotional plan for how you want to deal with this and come out of it. And maybe try teletherapy too. Like I started it and I actually really like it. It's easy to do. You can do it over like chat video call and stuff like that. And the thing I like about it, because I'm, I'm very finicky when it comes to my therapy. I don't get along with, not that I don't get along with counselors. I mean, I get along with everybody, but it's like, I really, I feel like I'm kind of a high level thinker. And obviously all of you guys are as well. Like if you are drawn to my channel and my advice, you definitely are. So it's like, I want a therapist who's like, do this, don't do that, blah, 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 blah. Like doctor filling me out, you know? And it's, that, that can be hard to find. There's a lot of people who just like, don't tell me about your feelings. I was like, I know my feelings. I wanna know what to do about them. So, but with teletherapy, I haven't, I haven't switched my counselor, but I know that you can do it with like a, you can just like basically click a button and they give you a new one, which is nice. You don't have to like break out with anyone. And you can do it from home and kind of get in the rhythm of therapy before this whole thing ends and then again you get that emotional toolbox right then maybe your parents don't have but maybe even if even if you're like I don't need therapy okay maybe you can do it almost as like a proxy for your mom you can get on therapy and maybe if you have a therapist now like ask them like hey how do I help someone work through this that's what they do for a living right like they help people work through things so Ask a therapist, go on psychology.com, read some articles like how a therapist helps people get through things while maintaining a distance. Because look, you can't fix this. You can't fix them. And you cannot change how those two people fundamentally communicate. I tried that with my mom and my grandmother and I almost, I almost made myself insane. Like it, it created a lot of complexes for me, right? But you can manage your own emotions, and develop that toolbox to deal with people who don't communicate how you do. And even just doing that, you're going to feel so much better. You're going to feel in control of a situation that at its baseline makes you feel out of control. Because like I said, you know, this is all your parents have known of each other. Obviously, it's all you've known too. And I think, you know, you are just this silent victim in this. They can go on and marry other people. You only get those parents. You know? There's... That's it. And it's always, I mean, that's just, it's so tough. It's so tough. So try some therapy in whatever form, books, podcasts, whatever would be helpful so that you can get that toolbox, so that you can process this and therefore help them process in a more effective way as well. What's going on, guys? Lev Fur, comedian and host of the Young Daddy podcast here. Just wanted to quickly tell you to come check out the show for super honest, hilarious, raw advice on everything dating, sex, and just, you know, just about everything else. Sometimes I ran about Hillary Clinton. It is, you know, things are going to happen. So check out the show, Y-U-N-G, Daddy. Give it a listen. Go subscribe and holler at us. We'll see you soon. Caroline had this question about something I think a lot of us are experiencing in quarantine florid imaginations and obsessive spirals. Okay. So she said on my college website, I don't know, some website. There's a guy who I thought was really, really cute. And he seems like the kind of guy that everyone would like. He plays lacrosse, he plays hockey, he's preppy. I put my pics in my bio on the page. It's like, I guess what they do there. And he requested me the next day, but I don't know if he just wants to follow his fellow classmates or, because, you know, he's following a lot of other people too. But I want to get to know him. And I feel like it's too much if I DM him. I posted something on my Insta story, but he didn't view it. I don't know if he saw it or if he didn't, whatever. But he didn't click on it. I don't want to wait until September because I feel like he's going to be taken by then. Should I just DM him or something or just kind of forget about it? Ooh, yeah. I feel, like I said, like we're all sort of going through this where we get like a a little tiny seed, a little tiny seedling of something interesting or exciting, a distraction a hopeful thing about the future and it is off to the races I mean like here we go it's the crazy train leaving the station we just we're just grabbing onto things with both hands and letting it run away with us right of course we are desperate for some good news for a distraction for something that's just I don't know exciting and stimulating I feel like this quarantine has been like a great deep emotional freeze for so many of us. It's like we're not feeling anything. We're numbed out. The only things we do feel are anxiety, terror, boredom. It's like we're not feeling anything good because we're not stimulated by good things. It's really difficult to create that in ourselves. But that doesn't mean we, like, let our imagination run away with us. But we have to recognize what's imagination and what's real life. So look. I'm a big believer, as you guys know, in being the bait, not the fish. This dude knows where to find you, right? If he wants to, he will. If he's an athlete, my theory is he's not very shy. I have such a weakness for hockey bros, obviously. They're used to making moves and being confident and getting out of their comfort zone, right? That's why we like athletes they are so dynamic. But don't get caught up in what I call, you guys might know this, the passive reciprocation loop. When we do things like reach out first, yeah, they'll, they'll reply. Yeah, they'll meet up. They'll allow you to have sex with them on, you know, Thursday morning or whatever. It's not courtship. We are in essence dating them and it should be the other way around. You know what I mean? Because then what happens? One day they ghost and we are so confused. Oh my God, what changed? What happened? The truth is baby girl, nothing changed. They weren't pursuing you then. They're not pursuing you now. They just stopped reciprocating to your courtship of them and it sucks. So I really just try to let things play out from the start and keep it moving if a dude is not taking the bait. And I know it's like so frustrating. I did this for so long. That's why I'm so gassed up about the passive reciprocation loop is because I was the main looper. I was like the queen loop. As my job, like in media and magazines and stuff, I would go to a million events, like cool, amazing events, sweet at the U.S. Open, the Emmys, like crazy awesome stuff. And it was so easy to just invite people along. Oh, I talked to this boy on Tinder. Oh, we met at a bar. Why don't you come with me to this event? Like, I want to go with someone. It would be fun. It'd be fun to hang out. But I was squiring them around town, right? They weren't doing it to me. And I'm like, but they they came with me. And like, we kissed at the event. It's like, well, yeah, I plied him with champagne and fancy whiskey. And he had a custom-made shirt and blah, blah, blah. Like, wow, that, that was probably a great date with him. And he allowed me to have sex with him after it was, ugh. God. So I have really had to pull back and be like, no, if someone wants to see me, they have to take the initiative, even though it's easy and it makes sense on paper for me to be chasing them, they know where to find me. But moreover, I think, and this goes back to the quarantine hysteria, I think you're drawn to the idea of him. You don't know anything about this dude. Like you literally know not one thing about his personality, right? He might be, like, some weird right-wing dude. He might clap when the plane lands. You don't know! He's preppy. He's popular. Probably hot. Had a modicum of notoriety, you know? And when I've been into guys like that, it's not that I wanted to date them. It's that I wanted to be them. Ugh. Ugh. Right? I admired that effortless, cool, popular vibe, and I processed it as love or lust or obsession or whatever. So maybe it's not the person, it's the possibilities. It's natural. Like that is completely natural to latch on to people who seem to be an embodiment of what we want out of a particular situation, whether it's socially, career wise, family wise. Of course, we're tribes people. This is how we operate. But that we also used to operate by peeing outdoors. We've adapted. right? (laughs) We've adapted. We also adapt. You know, we take medicine and just we've grown up a little bit. And so it's important. To not let our imagination run away with us. Be curious about him. Acknowledge that he's a hottie. But also know that he's one of many. And there's no reason to chase. Plenty of lax bros in the sea. So our last question is also about quarantine. And also about a little bit of family. Recurring themes, right? She said, I'm a 24-year-old college kid. But I've been feeling really guilty lately. I had a sister who passed away from cancer when she was four. I was only a baby. And it's been on my mind for the past few weeks. And I feel like... I don't know, I owe my mother a grandchild, even though I'm not even sure I want to have kids. My mom and I haven't really discussed it, but I'm scared of what she'll say if I tell her this. What do I do? Ugh, girl. I'm sorry to bring up the whole only child thing again, but... I mean, I get it. I Like, I obviously don't have children yet, and... I think that's something my friends and I in our group kind of have in common. We're all very much on the fence about having kids or we're just like, no, it's not right. The time's not right yet. And the ones who are writing it off have siblings who have had children, like their aunts and uncles. And I was like, dude, if I had a sibling who was like for sure going to birth, I would have like written this off, you know, this or pushed it off and like maybe I'll adopt when I'm 50, whatever. But when it's just you, there's there's a lot of realistic expectations, you know? Like, I completely get that. And not just, oh, I owe my parent a grandchild, something like that. But who's going to take care of me when I'm older? What's my life going to look like? It's a mess. It is a mess. And all of us only children struggle with this. And I know even if you're not an only child, you're struggling with this. Because maybe, yeah, you've got a brother who's like kind of a doof. And you're like, he's literally never going to marry, <laughs> you know? So it's kind of on me. But also, it's me who's giving myself this message. You know, it's it's up to me to continue the family line. My mom is actually not giving me that message. I mean, maybe a little, but not to the degree that I'm giving it to myself. And I think you're doing the same thing. At 24, you're young, you're exploring, you're still in college, for crying out loud. No one is expecting you to be thinking about babies. I mean, people are very much expecting me to think about babies. I shouldn't say that my mom's not giving me that message. It's like... It's like the message is so overt, you don't even need to say it. (laughs) It's like when someone is so right, they don't even need to say, I told you so. It's kind of like that, (laughs) but she's not wrong. I'll have them eventually. Just give me a year or two. So, yeah, no one's expecting you to be thinking about babies. And if they are too bad, tough shit. You actually don't owe anyone anything. This is your life and you have to live it for you and not to make up for an unspeakable tragedy. That's not your role on this earth. That's not the agenda you you came into this with. I'm sure your mom would like grandkids, sure, but number one, you literally have 15 more years to have a biological baby, if not more, longer if you are open to adoption or anything. And number two, you know what your mom really wants? She wants you to be happy. She wants you to be happy, healthy, safe, passionate curious successful independent and if a baby truly would make you feel that way great but it probably wouldn't right now and she probably knows that I think the corona thing this whole quarantine is a huge reason this has been on your mind you know my theory that 80 percent of how we're feeling is based on corona it's rona it's rona mind like 80% of our anxiety, 80% of our worries about the future, 80% of, oh my God, I need to have a baby. I need to have a baby. If we were just going about our life and living our life, you would maybe only feel 20% like this and 20% doesn't really float across your mind all that often. How could you not be thinking about death, loss, life, and what our future is going to be like? We are battling a lot of existential misery right now. And like I said earlier, we're not used to this. We have been blessed enough where the worst thing that can happen to us is my crush did not like my selfie or I got fired from my job, but there's other jobs I can go get other jobs and that's maybe changing and that's really scary. We don't know what the future is going to be. So again, we have to just cut ourselves some slack and give ourselves a little bit of grace. This existential misery, manifests in a lot of different ways. We'll focus on something seemingly random or out of nowhere things, but from my point of view, I can totally see why you've localized on this. When the future is uncertain, we want to do something to guarantee it. And having a baby definitely seems like that thing. What counteracts death besides new life? But there's a time and place for that, and it's just not now. So take that pressure off yourself. Don't even bring it up with her if you think it's going to give you more anxiety. But I have a feeling she'll be like, heavens no, I don't expect a grandbaby right now. I want you to get your degree, girl. Just enjoy where you are right now. When and if the time for kids is right, you'll know and you'll do it for you. Not for anyone else.